Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim, and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. This week, we get our scare on for Halloween as we put Are You Afraid of the Dark up against Children of the Stones, considered by many to be the scariest children's television program to come from the UK. And for the main event, we'll take a look back at everyone's favorite horror fictional novel series, Goosebumps. And we'll talk about our favorite Goosebumps series and talk about the TV series that hit our screens almost 25 years ago. Listeners beware, you're in for a scare. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey Paul, how's it going? Not too bad, not too bad. How are you? I'm very good, I'm very good. Have you had any uh, people knocking on your door for trick-or-treating? Um, no, I've... Do you know what happened last year? Can I tell you a little story? Go for it. So. Uh... Last year, I went downstairs. I heard a knock at the door. Duh, 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 duh. Went downstairs, and these little kids dressed up. I was like, and it was Halloween, obviously, Halloween night, and I had no sweets. I had nothing to give them. I was like, oh, well. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I have nothing to give you. That but I don't you do a trick then? Yeah, but they have to do the trick, right? I think it's the parent. Is it? I haven't. Well, this is British thought, guys. We don't know nothing about Halloween I and trick it, or treated. I, how I thought it worked is if you didn't give them a trick, a treat, they gave you a trick, like they do something naughty. No, but they're asking you trick or treat. Yeah, and what you do is up to you. So if you want to give them a treat, you give them a treat. If you want to swindle them and mug them off. Then that's take up to all, you. Take all their sweets off them that they've got thus far. <laughs> <laughs> trick or treat, yeah, lovely, thank trick you. Trick or treat or steal. <laughs> oh yeah, I like the third option, steal. Right, let's uh, let's get started with the uh, the very first show, and we're gonna go all the way back to January nineteen seventy seven. Okay, so the things that were happening in the world. You had the first woman who was formally ordained an Episcopal priest. So this was Jacqueline Means. I'm not quite sure what that means, but it sounds like a pretty big deal in Christianity. Yeah, it sounds like um, the Vicar of Dibley. Yeah, but I think this might be a lot more, <laughs> a lot more serious uh, than that. Also, you had uh, US President at the time, Jimmy Carter. He pardons all... Vietnam war draft evaders. So at the time, you had so many people who refused to go fight in the war of Vietnam. Most famously, I think, was Muhammad Ali when he refused. So that was uh, a good thing that uh, Jimmy Carter did. And the Ford Fiesta goes on sale for the first time in the UK. Yes, what a car. Mark one Fiesta. <laughs> And The Gauntlet was the highest grossing film of uh, January 1977. And Don't Give Up On Us by David Soul was number one in the charts. And that brings us to Children of the Stones. Now, okay, I had never, ever heard of this show. I'd never even had an inkling about it i never even ne even 
come across my mind, but me doing this show and, and, and shining a light on it is exactly why yesterday's capers is a thing. Because there's a chance that listeners under the age of 40, there's a very good chance you've never, ever heard of this. But I'm giving that platform, I'm giving it the opportunity. There isn't going to be any other podcast in the world, I guarantee it, that would talk about Children of the Stones. Even a Children of the Stones dedicated podcast would never talk about Children of the Stones. We do. We do. So anyway, yeah, Children of the Stones, which was, um, I believe, based on the books by uh, Jeremy Burnham and uh, Trevor Ray. And it was set in Avebury, Wilshire. And it was kind of filmed sort of within the uh, HTV's Bristol studio. So they were like ITV's kind of partners. This was actually shown on CITV, so children's television for those not in the UK. And it basically follows the adventures of astrophysicist Adam Brake, along with his son, Matthew. And they arrive in this small village called Milbury. And it is built in the midst of a megalithic stone circle. So this is where all kind of weird, freaky stuff happens here and and all that. So, uh, Children of the Stones, what, what, what were your uh, impressions, Paul? Uh, firstly, I just have to say it's phantasmagorical. Oh my god! I almost cancelled the entire <laughs> podcast. I was gonna shut this down like Diddy and making the band. I was gonna cancel it when he was like, "How are you feeling? Phantasmagorical." Ooh. Get out of this car right now. Yeah, I'll be like, "Get out! Let the stones have you. <laughs> let 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 all those." Monsters and stone people have you. Oh, was that was that the slang back in nineteen seventy six or seventy seven? So, just for a bit of background, the um, for the listeners, the the father and son are driving up a country lane, and father says to son, "How are you?" And the son says, "Phantasmagorical." And the way he said, I would I would have kicked him out of the car. I would have stopped. Get out. You can walk. I have a feeling it might have been like. The slang of the time. Yeah, well, I don't know. Maybe uh, upper caste white people. I, I don't know about normal people. <laughs> I'm glad you said it and not me. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. But yeah, that's, I, maybe, maybe it is, maybe it is. I mean, at the risk of getting too hung up by this one word, they uh, they enter the village because I think they're there to do some uh, some research. About the stones, which are real, by the way. They're, um, they're, it's just up the road from Stonehenge. Uh, and having a look at them, people um, say it's actually better to go and visit those stones than it is to go and visit Stonehenge. Because you can actually get <laughs> close to them. You can touch them and stuff. Well, maybe not touch them, I don't know. But Well, if you touch them, then you might end up being a stone yourself or you might end up being part of the whole cult and circle and, and all of that stuff. So yeah, some yeah. The interesting thing about the show was uh, the director was even surprised that it was shown on children television because obviously you had like disturbing stuff in within the within the actual show. It was quite complex and everything, and obviously the music we were kind of talking about it now. So it was actually composed by Sidney Sager 
and he used the Ambrosian singers. So, and they would chant in accordance with the megalithic rituals. So every time something ominous or bad was happening, you just hear like, oh, 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 ah! <laughs> and then someone's about to die. It's just, I'm watching that show and it's like, oh, this is so creepy and <laughs> irritating as well. Like just, you're watching it. He's, I don't know, sitting down on his compass or whatnot. And then he touches like, I don't know, a glove or something. And it's like the glove is magnetic or whatnot. And it's like, oh, oh. And he touches the glove and it's like, oh. And you're like, ah, what's going on? But yeah, this, this show creeped me out. I watched it all. And yeah, I think you were saying before, it was incredibly gripping and intriguing. Yeah. I've still got half an hour to go, um, so I might take my headphones off for the uh, episode rundown. Um, <laughs> I don't but, think it'll be much of an episode rundown because it was only one series. Yeah, so it's one series, it was just, and it's like, if you look on YouTube, it's this whole... Third, there's like a whole block here. Yeah, of, it's like of, a two and a half hour thing. Really. So um, uh, if you want, you can uh, go back and uh, go back and watch it. I'm, do you know what? I'm definitely going to have to finish it off. I can't leave it. As it is. Well, we're going to talk about the ending. So. I'll mute, yeah. your, I'll mute your mic as you go. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't think this through, <laughs> did you? All right. Okay. So maybe, it, but the thing is, I still might want to watch, I still might want to watch um, what actually happens. In it no, watch it anyway. But as, as we, as we kind of talk about it, we'll, uh, we'll kind of watch it. But it is like, it, it's a weird one for me because it was a bit, um, First of all, like the first scene, I was literally like, I'm out, I'm done. I was, if I was a dragon, I would have been out. I would have been, <laughs> and I'd have been like, sitting there regretting it at the end. But, um, but it was really, really gripping. Like mm, just sitting, mm. I think what, maybe 10 minutes, uh, a half of each episode or something like that. So it must be 20 minute episodes. Yeah, like it was 20 minute episodes. So it's yeah. quite easy to watch it. It's not, it's not difficult to, 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 to sit there and it's not a slog, you know? No, no. Um, but anyway, I think I watched. I must have watched two hours almost straight of this show. I think I've only got half an hour left of it, uh, and it was just. I mean, it's really kind of like. It's. I can't explain why it's good. Can I mean? If maybe you can explain why it's good. <laughs> I think there's a lot of like cult vibes of this show. Yeah, I can see it having a massive following somewhere. Like there's probably like a chat room of like, we are the children of the stones and we're going to dress up with hoods and go around in the dark and which might be a completely different thing if you're from America. But uh, yeah, in the UK, it might just mean uh, that you're down with that whole druid vibe and, and things like that. And you want to be part of this, this cult. And I was telling you before, like with, with this show, I do think that just because we hadn't heard of it, it was still kind of used in, um, it was used in popular culture. So I think in, uh, there was an episode of Doctor Who where uh, there, there's these like sort of statues 
And what they do is you're not supposed to like stare at the statues. Otherwise, you might die or something. And some of the effects that they use in that, you can kind of see, I can kind of see it where, where, um, who was it, Russell T. Davis or Stephen Moffat, whoever was doing Doctor Who at the time, would have taken inspiration from Children of the Stones. They may not have had the, the whole Ambrosian singers and the whole rituals and the whole ha ha but it would have just been, it would have been more, more, more in a like, um, more sudden and more urgent from a Doctor Who point of view. Whereas this was kind of more, not tongue in cheek, but it had to kind of bring it. I think with the music, it kind of makes it more, more jovial and more geared towards children. I don't know. But uh, yeah, you can kind of see, I think even Charlie Brooker as well used it in one of his kind of sketches that he does for um, Newswipe. I think they might have referenced Children of the Stones and they might have used it. And yeah, and I think Radio 4 as well, they kind of, um, I think it was Radio 4 that kind of said that, look, this is one of, if not the, the scariest children program that you're, you're going to find. And if this was what shown on CITV at like 4.30, then yeah, chances are it's kids who are going to be watching it and kids who are going to be absolutely freaked out by this, by this program. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm grown, I'm 31 and this show creeped me the hell out. I think it's, uh, it's not scary. Like, um, so many other programs that have been on, uh, you know, so, namely some of the ones we're talking about later. Uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark and Goosebumps. But it's got such a kind of uh, a deeper, creepy vibe to it. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of the, un- the unknown kind of what is this, like very, very strange and mystical um, kind of essence about it. Yeah. And I thought that was really, it was, it, one, it was done really well, even for a kid's show. Like, um, it was executed extremely well. Um, I mean, the acting is like some of the acting is terrible in it. I mean, it's not. Well, it was fine actually. I didn't. I didn't have uh, a problem with the acting actually. I, I I didn't really have much of a problem, but it was kind of very of its time bad acting kind of thing. I don't know. I'm I I to be honest, I pick up on things like that. Yeah, bad acting and. Things that may not necessarily have, have have aged, but I I didn't I didn't really. If anything, I thought it was basic. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with with, with basic. I think if it was bad, then it would have stuck out, like in some of the shows it that we have good, done in though. the past. It wasn't good. Yeah, because there's a re- like I was looking at the sort of. Um, like researching the uh, actual actors and whatnot. And I don't think they've kind of been in anything else. Yeah. Other than <laughs> Children of the Stones in 1977. They definitely couldn't have been that good then. Yeah. I no, bet but... like uh, the little boy, whatever his name was, Matthew, he's probably like a, a store clerk in like a Bristol's Morrison's or something. <laughs> Do you know what, actually, saying that you said about, about the names and stuff, that's one thing that I noticed 
in it is I can't remember anyone's name. I don't. I remember the characters. As oh, in, so you had um. Well, I've got them written down. No, so. that doesn't count. You got. I can't look at your paper. Fine, I'm not looking at my paper. You had Matthew, who was um the boy. Yep. You had his dad, Adam. How do you know his name? Because I watched this show. I watched two hours of it. I watched it all. And I still don't know his name. I don't. I can say. Oh, oh, and, and can, Margaret. Me... Margaret Smythe is Mikey. the uh, the lady that runs the museum. The curator. Yeah, the curator. Her daughter was Sandra. Oh, see, I, I was actually going to try. And you tell... had um, Die, the poacher. What about the geezer that um, has the keys to the church? Hendrik. Oh man. <laughs> Boom. Okay. What about the kid, the the blonde kid that um, can't do the maths at first and then goes and does the maths? I don't know, Billy. Uh, sounds about right. <laughs> hey, Billy. Yeah. Every white kid is called Billy. That's it. There was a kid called Billy in my school that stole my music book. <laughs> don't know that name. No, I don't have. I don't have his name in 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 my notes. Because he wasn't a he wasn't a significant character anyway. I've only got significant characters on here. The significant characters was um, Hendrik, and because obviously the whole village and the whole circle and the yeah. whole monolithic stone circle, it's kind of of his doing almost. Because obviously, four thousand years old. Yeah, he's he's like. Oh, is he five thousand years old? I don't know, maybe he's like in a battle with Methuselah as like the oldest living oh, thing and and what have you. But uh yeah, he's he's like this maybe he's really old guy, but he's obviously responsible for the whole circle. I think he uh discovers a, a supernova, which I think he calls it the Hendrick supernova or something along those lines. That I don't know. I, I, can't, I, I got to the bit where he said that he saw it yeah and he's making them all sit down yeah he's making uh margaret and uh sandra sit down and then the big beaming light comes out and then they all get brainwashed and they join the the cult and they're all like outside singing and happy day (laughs) is that what it is (laughs) yeah and then and then when they leave and then go oh how are you happy day happy day See, I, swear, I forgot to do it, but that's how I was going to start this podcast. When you said, how are you? I was just going to say happy day. I forgot, did it? <laughs> well, we can do the intro again, if you like. We can do that later. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how we kind of work. We'll uh, we'll do things backwards sometimes. <laughs> but, mo- but mostly it'll be my fault. It won't be uh, Bridget Paul's fault. But uh, we'll, we, we, we tend to do things uh, back to front here on uh, Yesterday's Capers. And um, also some of the uh, the complicated aspects of Children of the Stones was the fact that is the concept of the time circle and the psychic bubble. So the village within the stone circle exists in a time rift. So the same actions are played out with a little bit of changes over and over again. And the end result is that the power of the circle will eventually be released to the outside world. And whenever this is faulted, however, the time cycle resets and the same events attempt again to unfold. So the way this show kind of ended was um, you had 
Adam and Matthew, they 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 kind of figure out what Hendrik is trying to do. And so they find a way to disrupt his plan and they find a way to ruin the whole initiation and the whole gathering. So he gets... So instead of Adam and, and Matthew getting caught up with the whole ritual and the whole thing that they do, because obviously... At night, they all get together and they have a ritual and they're all holding hands and they're all going, happy day, happy day. You'd think they were in church on a Sunday, but they're not. Happy days. Yeah, it's, 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 not, it's, not, it's not that kind of happy day. But um, yeah, they're all kind of getting together as, as the, the ritual kind of thing. And Adam and Matthew somehow managed to get away from all of that. And they actually managed to leave the uh the small town what was it avebury i think it's called or no it's uh the town is called what's the town called hang on it's on my i think it's on my google maps milbury milbury yeah that's where they that's where the 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 town is it's called milbury uh i've got avebury yeah no no that that was where it was kind of filmed but in uh in the fictional town of milbury fictional town of milbury yes and they manage to escape. And what you kind of see is you see someone driving towards the town. And it is looks it like it might have been Hendrik. So it's like history is going to repeat itself again. And the same kind of events will unfold. Events will unfold again. And everybody who wasn't initially sucked into the whole cult and the whole ritual, they're going to get. We're going to get sucked in again. Now, in terms of the uh, Stone Circle, as you were saying, you you were saying that they they definitely exist and they're a real thing. So as, yeah, as you kind of were saying that, it's uh, it was built during megalithic Great Britain and it was inhabited by pagan folk led by a, a druid, pe- druid priest. And the village priest then witnessed the formation of a supernova and somehow deduced that a black hole had formed shortly after. And then using a variety of psychic powers mixed with folk magic, the priest was able to harness the power of the stones and focus negative energy via a beam of light through the center of the circle towards the black hole. So that's how the boom, you see the big light coming through and uh, you see everybody get all sucked in and the whole supernova and... It's all it's all very uh it's all very weird and all very uh complicated. What's the point in the beam of light? Cuz they make the beam but I don't know what it does. I think what it does is that it harnesses and makes the the stones powerful. Yeah. So I think is so. Is it anyway. worth it? Imagine how hard they were to move. Well, if there's one person who's controlling everything and he makes the big beam of light and then it kind of controls the stones and the whole circle and... Okay, so here's a question for you. When there's a supernova, not, I don't think there's ever been... I don't know anything about stars and constellations and anything like that. I'm the last person to ask, but ask away. I'm just wondering how long would it have lasted in the sky? I don't think there's one that's happened for ages, right? A supernova. I don't know if it's ever happened at all. You're literally asking the wrong person. No, 
No Google. Okay. Stop it. <laughs> I just wanted to see how long it lasts in the sky because they had to move all of the stones there, right? And they're like really heavy. And they didn't have JCBs and they didn't have cranes. So how... So it, Presumably it would have been there for ages, like months and years and stuff. Yeah, but you could have got your dad to drive the tractor to where the village is. It was 4,000 years ago, wasn't it? Something like that. I, I don't know. Yeah, this this show intrigued me as well as confused me <laughs> so much. Like I'm watching it and part of me is like, what the hell is going on? And the other part of me is going, oh, what's going to happen next? And Yeah, you can't turn it off. Oh, because also, also there was this picture that uh, the boy brought with him. It's kind Matthew. of central to the storyline. Yeah, it? And, it, and it was pretty central. So this picture is kind of like, um, it kind of had the painting of the village and it kind of had the painting of the stones and it had people. Had the whole ritual. Yeah, pretty much. And so that picture was kind of a, a premonition or a, it was a, an indication of what goes down in this village. Yeah. Because that woman, uh, what was the lady's name? Mrs. Crab, Mrs. Crab, something or other. And the, the housekeeper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. As soon as she saw the painting, she passed out. You know, and actually, then when the, she came to the, the beginning, goes, when um, she she just comes up comes up in front of them driving. Uh, ah, oh, I was like, damn, what's <laughs> going on? What's, what's all this? She's like, yeah, dad, look out. And she's going, oh, put in the face. Oh. <laughs> Dead. <laughs> Um, what what made me laugh is um, I'm sure it was Hendrik. Is he the landlord as well, or is that a different guy? I think Hendrik kind of he's the landlord. Runs the village, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He's... So the lady passes out, passes out. Yeah, uh, and then when she comes to the Hendrik, makes her make the tea to make her feel better. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he's like, I like yeah. <laughs> you can put let's, a let's, on all, the let's all have a cup of tea and one for yourself, dear. <laughs> Uh, that made me laugh. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> so yeah, as we were saying, like in the uh, the final episode, Professor Brake and Matthew, they kind of set the because uh, obviously he has a digital timekeeping system that kind of tells him when to let the lights. Casio, whatever it was, yeah. So they have <laughs> the digital and whatnot, so it kind of indicates when he should release the beams so that they can become happy ones. But the professor and his son, they sort of tamper with it. And then instead of them being exposed to the beam, Hendrik gets exposed to the beam and he's metamorphosized into the image of an ancient druid priest. And then it kind of, yeah, that's how it ends with them just kind of leaving because it kind of looked like maybe uh, the professor and Sandra had a thing going on. That's what I thought. But uh now that she's kind of sucked into the whole thing, it's something that can never, never be. Can never, there can never be a, an item because she's stuck in that village and that time loop, time warp forever. So you only get sucked into that because I know that you can't leave the village. Is that only the case when you become one of these? Um, yeah. Initiated. Yeah. So not everybody's initiated and then they eventually do. So like with the boy, he he got caught up with it somehow. Yeah. Because he and wanted he, to do mass good. Yeah. Something like that. And uh, 
eventually, yeah, Sandra and uh, Margaret, they uh, they too get caught up and yeah, because they go to dinner. Yeah, they go to dinner with him, and they're all sitting there, and they're overcome by this uh, by this beam. And uh, yeah, that's uh, Children of the Stones. That was a uh, a pretty warped <laughs> explanation from us two about this uh, by this incredibly odd program. But all in all, I I I think I I think I liked it. I'm I'm not I'm not. Yeah, yeah, I, I I liked it. Whatever, it was it was good. It was good actually. To to be honest, I know I said some quite negative things about it, but genuinely, I really liked it. I watched two hours of it. Yeah, no apart problem. from the bad acting, apart from the bad scripting, apart from the bad camera angles, apart from the bad thing that they never had any lightsaber battles, and all of that involved. Yeah, but it, it was really it was really a, good. Yeah, it was phantasmagorical. <laughs> I think that's I mean that's a good place to <laughs> to end that part. So uh let's now go to October 1990 and talk about Are You Afraid of the Dark? So uh actually quite a few significant things happened in October 1990. You had East and West Germany reuniting to become a single Germany. And you also had the president of the Soviet Union, Mikhail Gorbachev, winning the Nobel Peace Prize. And uh, Tim Berners-Lee begins his work on the World Wide Web. In 1990? 90 months after his seminal 1989 outline of what would become the web concept. Hmm. Now look at it. <laughs> Brilliant. Podcasts and everything. We're not actually using the internet, are we? Not to record, not right now, but we are. We load it up onto the internet, yeah. Oh, okay. But hang on a minute. Yay! But the web is different to the internet, right? The web is a way, an interface for the internet. What did I just say? Again, you're asking the wrong person. Memphis Bell was the highest grossing movie in October of 1990, and a little time... By the Beautiful South was number one. I love that song so much. Oh, it's here we I, go. Here I, we go. I've honestly, I, this is the first thing it's the first one I've ever heard of, and I absolutely love that song. I prefer some of the other songs. Namely, um, <laughs> oh no, the the Rotterdam song. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, and I like Don't Marry Her. But I know, the beautiful South song, it's like, I, I, I was at work and I had it in my head for so long. Oh my God, I've now got Perfect 10 in my head. Which one's Perfect 10? Da-da-dun. She's a perfect 10, <laughs> but she wears a 12. <laughs> that song, I've got it in my head now. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> are you afraid of the dark? So this was a Canadian program. So this was a horror TV series. That kind of had two runs. So you had one from 1990 to 1996, and you had a second run from 99 to 2000. So this was a group of teenagers who called themselves the Midnight Society. And every episode, they would go into the woods, and one member would tell a scary story to the group, and we would kind of watch it unfold in the form of television. And obviously, each storyteller would submit 
and begin their story by saying, submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. I call this story, and they throw the, the, dust, in. the dust into the fire. And that's how it's kind of started. And apparently it was a, a nod of approval, or it was kind of um, used from the Twilight Zone. So I think after every episode of the Twilight Zone, it was submitted for your approval. And this one was submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society, which uh, I don't know. I, I, I got a lot of uh, Dead Poet Society vibes from, from all of that. Dead what's? Dead Poet Society, so the Robin Williams film. I've never seen it. You've never seen Dead Poet Society? No. It is Robin Williams' top two films, in my opinion. Okay, so Flubber and what else? You know what? Flubber ain't even the best film with Robin Williams that had green goo in it, okay? <laughs> Flubber, do me a favour. Well, okay, what, what are your top two then? My top, uh, Robin Williams, I would say... Good yeah, Will Hunting? Society, Welcome to Vietnam, and Jack. Oh, uh, okay. Oh, yeah, we spoke about this before. Mrs. Doubtfire and... Uh, what's the other one? Um, Good Will Hunting for special mentions. Right, okay, so... Do you know what? I can't argue with that list. Apart from the first one, because I don't know, I haven't seen it. But that... Dead Post Society is amazing. So again, I think they had this whole thing where um, they would gather around the fire and they'd kind of sort of tell poets poems to each other. I think that was what the uh, the whole concept of Dead Post Society was. Which one was the film where it says, "Oh, Captain, my Captain"? Was that? From? Yeah, that's um, Dead Post Society. From... Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. He was the uh, the teacher. In the uh, yeah, story, so I, I, and they used to refer to him as "Oh, Captain, my Captain." Yeah, so I haven't seen it, but I know of it. Yeah, there you go. So uh, we've gone off off tangent as usual. So I think you had like a, a group of people who would always tell these stories. So kind of like the themes of the stories would be about either paranormal phenomena, like demons, ghosts, haunted houses, magical curses. Sometimes it will be. Uh, taken or inspired by certain events in the life of uh, the storyteller. So, for example, I think in the tale of the Crimson Clown, you had uh, Tucker who blackmails his brother Gary with a poem he had found. So he told us, so Gary told a story about how the naughty young brother was punished cruelly for his evil deeds. And so things like that. And obviously you'd think, that maybe some of these stories would have happy endings, but some of them don't. So I think the one I watched, The Tale of the Pinball Wizard, the boy never gets out because I think he he's obsessed with um, pinball. And so he gets trapped in a pinball machine and he ends up being trapped in there forever and ever and ever. I can think of worse places to get trapped forever. I don't want to be trapped anywhere, no matter how much I loved it. No, but if you had to get trapped somewhere, I mean, pinball machine wouldn't be my last choice. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I have no idea what that means, but I don't want to be trapped anywhere. But uh, yeah, that was uh, Are You Afraid of Dark? Now, this was, um, we were talking about this. This is a show I remember watching. I have the image of, me like sitting on my bed on Saturday mornings because we used to have a TV upstairs in in one of our rooms. Not because we were spoiled or entitled. It was because I think we had our aunties living 
downstairs and they were like that's our room and you guys can't come in here so I think as a compromise my mum allowed us to have a tv in our rooms and every Saturday mornings this used to come on and we would all like be gathering around and in front of the TV and and, and and watching Are You Afraid of the Dark? I think it used to come on Saturday mornings. I think there was a show, it might be called Saturday Morning Something. So this was kind of um, pre-SMTV. And uh, Mark Spate used to be the host of, of this show. So this was before he went off and did Smart on uh, CBBC. So every Saturday mornings he would front this kind of show and one of the shows that they would put on was are you afraid of the dark and just remember i was just sitting down and having fond memories watching this show i loved are you afraid of the dark when i was younger Hmm. i i couldn't i was trying to before i i started watching it again um to catch up i was trying to rack my brains and what i remembered about it and I couldn't remember anything about it. Couldn't remember the theme. Couldn't remember. I remember the theme, and I remember the opening credits. So as soon as I turned it on, as soon as I um, flicked flicked it on to watch it, I remembered all of it. I remember yeah. the dust. I remember the the thing yeah. and the match and everything. Yeah. And I mean, I couldn't tell you any storylines because, to be honest, I probably get mixed up with so many other programs I watched as a kid. But <laughs> but I remember watching it, and I remember um, watching it. Probably my my brothers and my sisters and um and I thoroughly enjoyed it as a kid. Yeah, yeah. Even this time around, I didn't think it was um think it lost anything. Obviously, you think like when you're a kid, you think, oh, that was that was amazing, and then you're like, <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. Fair enough. Oh, that was a rather happy ending for a scary story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you know, one thing that I was really um that when I was watching it again. And this was prior to the research, whatever. I instantly watched it and thought, this is Canadian. This really? is not American. This is Canadian. You could just tell. I, uh, like I said, I can tell the difference between a Canadian accent and an American accent. Now that I can tell it, it is, you'd think, how did I never notice that before? Yeah. Because it's little things. Now, my Canadian cousins always say to me, oh, we, we don't say sorry, sorry, and through this freaking program, they're like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> and it's just thinking, yeah, your dad is just so Canadian. Because I think maybe it's a Toronto thing. Maybe they don't say, yeah. I'm sorry. They're maybe if you go deeper into, I think this was uh, filmed in uh, sort of the British Columbia kind of side. So completely the other side of... Um, well, Canada's massive, isn't Toronto. it? Toronto, yes. It's bigger than America. Yeah, so... Their accents probably differ quite a lot. Maybe, yeah, because obviously, obviously, in the UK, you've got variety of accents as well. So, but, uh, fun fact: I'm, th- this might be completely wrong, but um, I heard at some point somewhere that the UK we have um, the most accents per um, in terms because we don't uh, per capita. Hang on, I can't even get my words out. What's going on? Um, so, considering how small the UK is, we have the most accents. Um, in terms of how far apart they are. If Interesting. You I, mean. I like that. I Knowledge. Mean, I mean, it took me quite a while to say it. <laughs> good stuff, good stuff. But no, um, yeah, this was this was very, uh, very, very a Canadian show. I I liked it, and I what I what I liked is that all of the characters 
there was a a method to their madness. They weren't just telling stories for the sake of telling stories. Every person, or at least in the first the first sort of run, everybody had their own reasons for telling a story. They would kind of draw on their inspirations. It would draw on their experiences of life. And they would use that in in a story. So, um, for example, you had you had Gary, who was the founder of the Midnight Society, and his stories would revolve around cursed or enchanted objects with supernatural properties, and how in the wrong hands can cause disaster. And then you had Betty Ann, who was a uh, a vibrant girl who liked things that were bizarre and twisted and her stories would include themes where an alien or a supernatural force is trying to break into the world of the characters in her story. And then you had Kiki, who was, uh, her stories were about carelessness and deceitfulness. So if you're deceitful, you're going to get got. And that was her stories. David had stories which was less about the malignant outside forces and more to do with the evils of the past events left unresolved. And then he had Stig, who I think only told two stories. And his sort of deal was stories about people being judged for their appearances and their tastes. And then you had Frank, who he necessarily didn't have a theme, but he always had Dr. Vink as an evil villain in in the piece. So maybe Dr. Vink might have been something in his past. I don't know. He doesn't necessarily say that. And you had Tucker, who was Gary's younger brother, and he was the youngest in the youngest member of the Midnight Society. And he has he tells stories about family relationships that are really, really bad at first, but they overcome and they endure and they work it out. So maybe that's a a ploy or kind of a nod to his older brother, Gary. And you had Sam, who always had stories about love and how love can be so powerful and enduring even beyond death. And then you had Kirsten, who maybe she was a little bit squeamish, but she loved ghost stories and fairy tales. And her kind of stories were dealing with ghosts from the past who have unfinished business and they can't be complete without the aid of living. So that's one thing I did like about Are You Afraid of the Dark was every single member of the Midnight Society would have a a reason to their story. I was surprised you picked up on that because I had no clue. Uh, I had no clue about what people... I mean, obviously, I I watched one just now about the ghosts, uh, the lady lady nurse that got put in prison for killing the little girl, poisoning the little girl. Hmm. And it turned out that she was um, not innocent because she did inject her, but she injected her penicillin. And she, the little girl was allergic to penicillin. 
Ah. And I think that was a whole kind of unfinished business thing about the ghosts and the stuff. But I didn't have I didn't have a clue about the um the rest no, of No, I think this was as I mentioned before, there there was two versions of Are You Afraid of the Dark? So you had the version that I just mentioned now, so this was the original version. It's 1990 to 1996. And then you had two series that was from 99 to the year 2000. And Tucker was the only one who was in both series. Oh, really? So okay. Tucker was in the Midnight Society in the first version and he was in for the uh, for the, for the the second version. Yeah. And obviously with a little bit of research from my end, because as a kid I'm watching it and... It's kind of like, oh, okay, this is um, kids telling scary stories. Maybe yeah. there isn't a method to the madness. But uh, as I'm doing the research and watching it, you can... You can see. You can slowly see and you can pick up on things. and like. Um, so I think Gary told one about the uh, the pinball wizard, as I kind of mentioned that. So I think the the episode kind of starts with uh, they're all being obsessed with this Game Boy. Yeah. And Gary's kind of like, hmm, are you sure you want to be obsessed with the game? Because who knows, you may be playing this game forever and never and never. So he tells a story about the pinball wizard. So the boy who gets obsessed with the pinball wizard. And in the game, he's thinking, oh, I have to complete the game. I have to put the crown on the queen and then if I do that maybe I can be saved but unfortunately for him it goes into a loop into a loop into a loop and he's in there forever let's talk about some of the episodes of are you oh are you afraid of the dark and uh what did you watch and what did you like and what didn't you like um it's not I didn't really not like anything um so like, I think the one I want to talk about most is the one about the the ghost story. Mostly because I had a fight with the website and uh, couldn't. You had a fight with the website. Yeah, the one that you sent me to look at them. Why? Because it kept loading up the same. Um, it kept it kept loading up this episode, and then when I would click on another one, it would the uh, it would it would not work and then i'll press play again and then somehow in this loop that it got itself into it would load up the same episode um sounds like a are you afraid of the dark storyline there <laughs> so the website that never stops and you'll be stuck in this time loop forever <laughs> and ever and ever I was about to run out of breath there. And you, you're like fiddling with the buttons going, where is it, where is it, where is it? I'm like, ah. So I nearly missed my second cue on the special effects. <laughs> <laughs> so, so as I was saying earlier, this um, this particular episode was... Um, you was should quite, know it off by heart then. It was a good episode, but I didn't see the twist coming, which I thought was um, which was really good. So basically, Oh, I think um, I forgot to mention that maybe uh, M. Night Shyamalan was a guest director of who? that episode. Who's that? He's a really famous like film director, and he's known for like weird plot twists. Oh, okay. So he that... did the Sixth Sense. Okay, yeah. Why no, do I you think the... that I had do... such a big plot twist? Because that's yeah, M Night Shyamalan is known for. Okay, I didn't know the name, but 
Um, I'm very, also, very familiar with the with the sixth sense. That obviously. was the joke. It sounded like McBain in The Simpsons where he's doing stand-up comedy and he's like, two guys walking to the bar and nobody's <laughs> laughing. He's like, that was the joke. <laughs> <laughs> That's the end of the I don't know how you remember these things so well. Simpsons quotes. Everybody knows. I have um, I have someone in mind for the Simpsons episodes, by the way. Because... Whenever we do that. When it, yeah, <laughs> whenever that happens. But there's someone at work who knows the Simpsons like inside out. Uh, speaking of inside out, I watched the cartoon. Um, the, I hope it's Are You Afraid of the Dark? No, the Disney film, Inside Out. Have you seen it? No. Okay, I'm telling you now. It's brilliant. It's a masterpiece. I don't want to spoil anything else. It's not up, so it doesn't matter. Um, right, so we can talk w- about this episode that you watched fifteen times. You should be able to tell me everything about this episode. You should be able to tell me who told the story. No, because I can't tell you characters' names because I think I I okay. Was it a boy or a girl who told the story? It was a girl. Oh, this was this the newer version? Yeah. And then I, I don't really know much about the new version. Oh, uh, yeah, see. So I would leave that to you. You back down now. Um, tell me the names then. I don't know names. I told you I can't do the wow, names. Wow, okay. So... I know the little girl in the story was called Emily, but she was a story in the story. That's the only one I know. Yes, Emily. This is go for the random name, Emily. Can I tell you a secret? She wasn't a white girl either. Oh! <laughs> oh! Um... So anyway, so these two little girls, um, they go and see their grand... One of them was black? Both were. They were sisters. Oh, okay. Um, and they found... Uh, the, the house was haunted. They see ghosts. And they th- kind of throw a snowball and, again, and the woman's walking with this little girl. And it turns out to be a ghost. Anyway, so it turns out that um, a little girl was murdered... Uh, by a nurse that was looking after her. She she had an accident on her birthday and she had to be looked after by a nurse and the nurse ended up killing her and the nurse died in prison. Um, And they found the dress of this little girl in the attic and when they put the dress on or when the girl put the dress on, she went back in time as this little girl. Uh, So the little girl... They, and then the nurse came the nurse came back to the real world at the real time and she tried to kill the older girl or both of them but then one of them was was time traveling so she, they, they didn't catch her but um and then when the little girl the little girl went back in time to not fall down the stairs so the nurse never came to the house in the first place so that the nurse didn't go to prison and the little girl didn't get killed but she still fell down the stairs. So she, the nurse still that still came, but then the nurse left the real time world and it went to the past where she had to go and inject this little girl again. Um, and it turns out, and I spoiled this earlier, but the, the when the little girl fell down the stairs, she dropped her bracelet or a bracelet fell off, which was a medical bracelet saying that she's allergic to penicillin. And the nurse didn't inject her um maliciously she just did it and then she because she was allergic to penicillin and then she died and the nurse got in prison for killing her for murdering her rather than um doing it by accident 
And that was the whole episode. Riveting. Absolutely riveting. Well, I was trying to give you loads of details because you threatened me. Well, I didn't, didn't do that, did I? <laughs> oh. Everyone thinks I'm this big old monster, but really I'm not. <laughs> uh, okay, so... Uh, some of the episodes that I uh, looked at, so I think this is the, the pilot, The Tale of the Phantom Cab. So this is Frank telling the story. So um, I think Frank wanted to join the, the Midnight Society. And so this was kind of like his way in. So he has to tell a story. So then he tells a story of the Phantom Cab. So this is two brothers... They're lost in the woods and they come across a u unusual man called Flynn, who was a cab driver. And they also come across another unusual man called Dr. Vink. And Dr. Vink doesn't let any of his victims go unless they're able to solve a riddle. So I believe the riddle was something like, what do you, what's inside a basket? That is heavy, but is also light at the same time. A torch? No. Oh. Apparently the answer was a hole in the basket. Was it? What was the riddle again? It was something, it was something like what is in a basket, but it's heavy and it's also light. Was it, what can you put in a basket to make it lighter? Something like that. Something, yeah. But apparently the answer was... A hole. A hole in the in, in the basket. So, uh, yeah, so he tells that story and then they uh, accept him into the... Uh, they accept him into the, uh, the Midnight Society. And the other really good episode was uh, season two, episode one. So this was told by Kristen. If you remember, Kristen, she was into fairy tales and she had that whole kind of vibe. So this one was called the tale of the final wish. And there's this girl called Jill and she's into fairy tales. I think she's like 13 years old, but she's like a big kid at heart and she wants to be in a fairy tale forever. And so she wakes up in a dream and she's in a, in a, in a fairy tale and sort of in that, she has to kind of decide whether she wants to stay in here forever. And she realizes that in fairy tales, people and things aren't as happy as she thought it would be. So she wakes up and within that kind of story, it says that while Jill is happy that she's not in the fairy tale anymore. Yeah. While Jill is happy that she's not in the fairy tale anymore. She's going to regret ever waking up. And it kind of ends like that. It's a bit brutal, isn't it? Mm, there we go. I think, yeah, this might be another one where uh, M. Night Shyamalan was uh, guest directing the episode. And yeah, I mean, that's uh, the, other, the other episode uh, of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark? Uh, apparently it's coming back. It's been... Uh, it's going to be renewed for 2019. Really? I mean, the last series didn't go too well, did it? I mean, 99 to 2000, that's not a very good run. 
It was two seasons, which is... Over one year. Well, uh, well, they do like... They probably started filming in 98 or something. They probably did the first season then and then they did the other one in uh, 99. And yeah, it went on for for two series. Well, hopefully this one will be a little bit longer. Is it still aimed at kids? And I would imagine so. I think Nickelodeon showed it. So uh, I would imagine this was a very much a, a Nickelodeon thing. And now we come to the best part of the show, which is uh, choosing which one you liked out of Children of the Stones and Are You Afraid of the Dark? This one's easy for me this week. Easy. Okay, then. Shall I go? Go for it. Children of the Stones. <laughs> Definitely, like, 100% Children of the Stones. Why? Because it was one of these shows that uh, within five, within a minute of watching the, the, of watching it, I wrote it off. And then two hours later, I'm still watching it. I'm wondering what's going on. And like not being able to predict the plot twist, not being able to like, um, you know, figure out what's going on. And obviously they kind of, they spell it out later on, but then you've got to figure out what's actually happening. But I was like, I was gripped to this thing. Are You Afraid of the Dark was a bit kind of, bit too clunky. Um, I felt like that the series aspect of um, Children of the Stones was was what pulled me in. But the uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark because it's kind of different people doing different things. It's very disjointed and and it's 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 not bad. Don't don't get me wrong, but it's kind of a bit like oh, okay, that was good. And then the next one is unrelated to the to the to the other one. So if you see what I mean, it's just kind of yeah, yeah, yeah. I preferred the series aspect of it, and it was it was it was good, man. <laughs> oh, I don't know. I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna go with Children of the Stones as well. Yes. Because, again, as I was kind of saying at the beginning of the show, part of the reason why I wanted to do this podcast was I wanted to shine a light on TV shows and cartoons that would never get a light shone on. So people would never talk about it and people would never, wouldn't know about these kind of programs. And with Children of the Stones, it kind of emphasizes and it kind of reminds me that children's programming and, and programming in general back then was so good was was quality content you just do not get that anymore no there's i mean you 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 don't not not really you might get one or two shows here and there now that you can watch and 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 they're great and all but in particular with with children's programming like uk like they had some incredible shows and as we go on with the the weeks and and months with with this podcast we're going to we're going to see that there are some incredible shows that we're going to do that never got the recognition that i believe it deserves it never got the the acknowledgement and 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 and, and people don't talk about these certain kind of shows now i i liked are you afraid of the dark more as a kid as i'm watching it now 
okay, maybe I'm older and it's not necessarily geared towards towards me, but uh, I don't know. With with I Fade of the Dark, yeah, I mean, you were talking about how Children of the Stones, the acting wasn't great. I didn't think the acting was was particularly top of the range with uh, I Fade of the Dark. With I you Afraid of the Dark, but um, that doesn't mean it was a bad show. I mean, I liked it. I like it now. I I, I necessarily didn't want to have to make it a, a a loser in the in this in this kind of in this kind of sense but uh yeah i just think with children of the stones it it's one of those where it encapsulates what my podcast is about really and that's why shows like this where you like i may not have heard of it you may not have heard of it and i'm watching it now that's going to be the ones that i'm always going to gravitate towards i'm going to keep looking for shows like this and I'm gonna keep going towards it and 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 shining the 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 biggest light possible. I'm gonna keep doing that. Well said. I can't even. I I can't argue with that. It's um, how you dug this um, this podcast out of nowhere. I mean, a podcast from the seventies. We've just pipped against a uh, podcast. Did I say podcast show? I mean, a children's show in the in the um, in the seventies just beat. By both of our estimations, yeah. a show in the nineties, yeah, and both of us didn't have a clue about his existence before. No, you told me that it existed. Right? Yeah, so so what? Is, is you're right. It's great that we can pick these shows out of out of history and, and think actually these this was really good and it's yeah. still good. Yeah, today. and it was it was it was a good good program. Like I said, I may I may not have done it justice with the explanations and the whole monolithic circle and the druids and all of that stuff i may not have done it justice but i liked it enough to to talk about it and uh i will continue to talk about shows like children of the stones and uh yeah that's uh that's all i have to say about that and now we come on to the main event and this now takes us back to October of 1995. And so some of the things that was happening in the world, OJ Simpson was found not guilty of double murder for the deaths of former wife, Nicole Simpson and Ronald Goodman. This is a thing. Was he found not guilty or was, it, was he acquitted? He's found not guilty. Okay, cool. The jury found him not guilty. Yeah, it was... Uh... Because I just... Obviously, we, we'll cut this... Little bit, out, but I was, I was only because the last, the, all I heard about his trial was he was acquitted for it. No, he was. He was. The jury found him not guilty. Okay, fair enough. Because um, I uh, there's there's a really really good ESPN five parter, all about. OJ. Oh, is that the one with David Schwimmer in it? No, that's the uh, the People versus OJ. Oh yeah, that, that was good. That was that was really good as well. But the, there was a documentary that just charts the whole OJ story. So right from when he was born until pretty much to the kind of modern day. And yeah, so in, in, in the trial, yeah, he was, he was found not guilty. They, they, a, a, a jury or of his peers somehow concluded that he was not guilty. Anyway, <laughs> uh, also the million man March, was held in Washington DC which this was uh, conceived by the uh, the Nation of Islam leader 
Louis Farrakhan. And uh, the French woman, Jeanne, Jean, Jeanne, Jeanne Calmet, reached the confirmed age of 120 years and 238 days, making her the oldest person ever recorded. 120 years old. That's incredible. She done lived through so much. What do you ask for your birthday on your 120th birthday? Another year. <laughs> I don't know. Shoot. No, I'm just, that was a genuine question. I mean, when you, I mean, if someone says, what do you want on your birthday when you're 10? You tell them, right? When you're 120, what do you say? That's, yeah, that's, 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 that's mad. Uh, Get Shorty was the highest grossing movie of uh, October 1995. And Gangster's Paradise by Coolio was number one. You have to know this song. No, I do. You just have to. I do know it, but it's not as good as um, Beautiful South. I'm taking back one of your... Uh, no, okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm taking back one of your cookout <laughs> invitations. That's the only one I've got left. There you go. Now you ain't invited to the cookout. Now you can go celebrate with your little beautiful South. Ah, oh, goodness. Goodness. <laughs> oh my God. That's, I, I keep saying this, but I honestly think that might have been the whitest thing you said. It's not as good as the beautiful South. Even the beautiful South wouldn't even look back at that and think. Is this the one with the, I walk through the valley of the shadow of death yeah Coolio he's our friend from Keen and Kel he's the one that done the theme tune yes I mean I say friend of us like he's our friend but uh yeah you are our friend Coolio we were we've, we've claimed you now <laughs> and now we go on to Goosebumps so this was the uh the series of uh children's horror fiction novels Written by the American author R.L. Stein. And the stories tend to follow child characters who often find themselves in scary situations, usually involving monsters and other supernatural elements. And 62 books were published from 1992 to 1997 under the Goosebumps umbrella title. And... Since the release of the first novel, Welcome to the Welcome to Dead House in July 1992, the series has sold over 400 million books worldwide in 32 languages, becoming the second best-selling book series in history after Harry Potter. And certain individual books were listed in several bestseller lists including New York Times bestseller list for children and also some of the books and characters were also inspired by books and films. I think the character Slappy the Dummy was inspired by the adventures of Pinocchio. And uh, some of the ideas that R.L. Stein had for the books came from real life. So the haunted mask was based on his son, Matt, that had a Halloween mask that he had trouble getting off. And... Uh, R.L. Stein also kind of used his uh, childhood fears to help him write his books. So I think he, so R.L. Stein said 
Luckily, I have a great memory. As I write a story, I can remember what it feels like to be afraid and panicky, which are some of the vibes that you often feel when you're reading the Goosebump books. Now, for me anyway, as a kid, I actually remember going to the library and ah, Goosebumps are out. Oh, be like, you know, oh, snap, the new Goosebumps dropped. And we're all going to the library like the biggest geeks that we were as kids. And we'd be reading all the, the, the Goosebump books and whenever they would kind of, the library would have it and we'd just go and read what we could. See, this is where you're lucky to be a city boy because we had, uh, we, were, we were in a... T- we had one library which was 40 miles away and we had to walk barefoot. You're not far wrong. It was five miles away, but anyway, the um, in uh, so we had the books in our school. Well, we don't necessarily live in the city either. You suburban? Does this kind of suburban? Yeah, this is just typical yeah, suburbs. So. You have to walk five minutes to get to the library from here. If I walked into my library, it would have taken me ages because I didn't know the way when I was little. But <sighs> we didn't. Anyway, what I'm getting at is that in our school li- in the school library, if I can even remember where it was. If we did, we have one. I know we had books in each classroom, but I'm not sure if we had a library. Um, oh, our school had a library. Our secondary school did, but I'm not. I'm not sure if our primary school did. Our primary school had a library. Really? See, look, you don't. You don't know you're born. Um. Anyway, what I'm getting at is we didn't have the Goosebumps books there, but I had to wait for like Christmas and stuff to get a Goosebumps book. You know, like normally for me, I don't like scary stuff and. I'm not really into this whole thing. And I honestly think Halloween is a sham. It always has to... I have to fight the urge in, in inside of me not to scream, you look ridiculous every time people are walking around in their stupid Halloween outfits. But you know, like when... And scary things, I'm not... It's not that I'm scared. It's just that it doesn't... It, does, it doesn't do a, a damn thing for me, to be honest with you. All of that scary stuff and that whole cult thing, it doesn't, none of this do anything for me. But I did, it, I did like Goosebumps. I did like some of the, uh, the stories and, 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 the, the, and the books and what have you. But this is a, a genre subject area that doesn't do a a single thing. Do you know for what? Me. I can. I'm. I'm in exactly the same boat as you. Uh, I loved the books as a kid. I had. I had loads of the books as a kid. Watched all of. Not all of them, but I watched loads of them on TV when I was saying, "We should talk about it." With my friends, goosebumps, goosebumps, goosebumps. You know this that, and the other. Um, even though Are You Afraid of the Dark was kind of. The, I remember it being the same time. It, if whether it was created at that time or aired at the same time, I don't know. But the whole creepy kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and also maybe something we'll view a different thing with the demon headmaster. But uh, anyway, at the same kind of time, there was the creepy, scary things were like quite, quite big. Mm. Um, now I couldn't care less about Halloween. I can't stand horror movies. I don't. I wouldn't read a scary book. Uh, I have no, uh, no inclination to it. I, I don't care about it. Yeah, same, same. And it's, it's, it's. Maybe because we got scared too much from Goosebumps, gone off it. Please. <laughs> even like you know like how they keep saying that it's all scary and horror and and all that stuff it's um it's not scary in the sense that it's 
obviously like, oh, ghost, ah! but it's, it's more deep scary. So if you don't do this, you will die. And if you walk over this road, you will never see your family again. Or in one episode, if you use this suntan lotion that's out of date, you turn into a dog. Yeah, there you go. So it's uh, it's things like that. And for whatever reason, I I liked Goosebumps. I don't know what it was in particular. Maybe it was it was the way it was written, the style, and it was something that you can kind of get into get into easily. And um, we mentioned the the TV series of Goosebumps. Now I had a problem with the TV series. Oh, go on. It was the theme song. A bing, scary bing, 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 TV bing. show should not have a catchy as hell theme song. I'm thinking it's too catchy. I'm not supposed to be getting down on the theme song, <laughs> busting a move. <laughs> Like the bass line, like it slapped. It slapped and it should not slap. I shouldn't be wanting to do the, the running man and, and doing the Dougie watching Goosebumps and like Millie rocking. I shouldn't be doing that, watching a scary program. I should be scared out of my young mind when i'm watching this show i shouldn't you know what i'm saying i do know what you're saying but i think it's the um the visuals are quite um I guess no but i'm too busy cutting a rug so i don't really care about <laughs> what's going on with the pictures i'm thinking yo what's this beat like i'm getting down and and all that and it's it, it almost defeats the purpose i don't know i mean i i i I see where you're coming from, but I kind of feel like I disagree in as much as like, I think it does set it up. I think like if I, if I hear that, I'm thinking, yes, goosebumps. Oh, yeah, let's get ready. Oh. Yeah, but yeah, I know. I know. But, but I'm thinking, am I watching a scary show or am I watching Soul Train or something? Yeah. That's that. That was, that was my, uh, my, my, my bone to pick with, with goosebumps was, the theme song shouldn't be that damn catchy. I mean, if, that's if, a... if it's if if the premise of the show is for me to be scared and for me to to be absolutely horrified by whatever it is I'm going to watch, then I shouldn't I shouldn't be in a, a mood where I'm, I'm I've I've had a I've had a bit of a boogie I've had a bit of a dance <laughs> and now I'm sitting down to watch this show and. I'm going to be in such a, a jovial mood. I'm not going to really care if uh, there's a camera that's going to kill me maybe, if I take certain pictures. Maybe. Or there's a, a clock that kills my whole family. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to be thinking, oh man, that theme song is so catchy. Let me see if I can buy the record. Did you watch the episode with the clock? Good clock of doom. Yeah, man. That was a good, that that was was a good episode. joint. That was my joint, the Cuckoo Clock of Doom. I read the book. I watched the 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 series. That was my jam. I really enjoyed that episode. So uh, let's, uh, you know what? Let's, you know what we should do? We should do our top three Goosebumps. 
Oh God! Um, can I just do three and not my top three? <laughs> uh, oh, 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 okay, yeah, okay. Just do whatever it was that you were. No, because I I watched this when I was younger, and but no, but surely you I'm remember getting, like the titles of the bunk, books that you read, even because I remember. Like there I was said, one about there was one with a um, a f- giant fly cook. Oh, I know the fly one. Um, you know what I'm talking about. And she was cooking in the thing, and there was like flies in the in the food and stuff like that to figure out. I can't even remember what happened. There was a book, not a TV one. I'm not sure if it was on TV, but I only read the book. Um, I had loads. Of, I had one with like a gooey cover as well. I can't remember what the hell. Monsters Blood. Is that what it was? Yeah. Is that what it is? Monsters Blood. Yeah, yeah. It must be. Yeah. There was like three of them. Yeah. Monsters Blood. So you know, in Monsters Blood. Is that the one where the boy has like green blood? Like there's a that he gets consumed by this monster thing, and he ends up being like a green person, and there's like a he's sort of doppelganger, whatever they're called, the double person, an evil twin. Yeah, and so you have one who's like the real boy, yeah, and he's like consumed by this other one, and then you've got this other guy with green blood. That sounds familiar, but. I'm not sure if that... It was so long ago. It was like Monster's Blood or like First Blood. It was something like that. Something I remember to do that... with blood. And it was like three versions of that. Yeah. That was... That That used to be my thing. I think... I remember one episode, right? And this is not my favorite one, but it's one I can't remember what it was about. And I was hoping that you'd be able to tell me, actually. It was... They were... These... these they're trying to figure out some strange phenomenons happened, right? And then they walk towards this thing and then they walk kind of through a force field. Um, and there's like, a, it's a kind of like a shield and they can see some evil factory thing going on. But I can't remember what the episode's about. That's the only recollection I have of it. <laughs> I have no idea. But um, no, I think, because um, I actually wrote down the things that I remember as a kid. Yeah. And what I liked. So I think we kind of talked about the Cuckoo Clock of Doom. I uh, Did you know what? I, I loved that episode. Yeah, the Cuckoo Clock of Doom was dope. I, did, cause I, 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 I picked that one deliberately because it was one that I remember reading and it was one I remember watching. So it was thinking, oh, I'm going to go watch it back again. So for the benefit of the listeners, the Cuckoo Clock of Doom, this is basically... Uh, it's featuring a boy, I think his name was Michael. And he has this really annoying sister who gets in the way of Called Tara. And she, yeah, Tara, she's just a annoying little brat. And she's just making Michael's life difficult. And yeah, so his dad buys a cuckoo clock. And I think it was Tara who was... Uh, no, no, no. Michael vandalizes the cuckoo clock's head. And... He doesn't know it, but he's going back in time. Yeah, he does it to get his sister in trouble. Yeah. But he doesn't realise that he gets his sister in trouble, so they go back in time. And what happens is that he keeps going back in time until he's a baby. And then he manages to go to the shop where his dad bought the uh, the cuckoo clock. And so he manages to twist the head back, but he drops one of the hands of the clock or the number of the clock yeah and one of the years because it keeps track of the he years. goes back to normal but it's without his sister tara and michael is such an asshole in this one because he's like uh you know what i'm not gonna go and get 
whatever her name is, Tara back. I'm just going to wait a little bit. So it's quite brutal, isn't it? Yeah, it is. <clears throat> that was that was that was that was very brutal. Really, it was. But I did enjoy the episode, though. I thought it was quite well thought out. Um, yeah. Well, it's a book, isn't it? It's the it's a uh, number twenty eight in the the Goosebump novels or the books series series. Oh. Yeah. So it's number twenty eight in the Goosebump series. Yeah. Another one I remember as a kid was Piano Lessons Can Be Murder. So this this is about a boy called Jerry. He moves into a new house and discovers a piano in the attic. He starts to take piano lessons to impress a neighbor, but there's something weird about the teacher, Dr. Shriek, and he's obsessed with Jerry's hands and they try to steal. He tries to steal Jerry's hands, but he's not very successful at doing that. And this was number 13 in the Goosebumps series. Also, Say Cheese and Die was another one that I bleep, 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 that I remember vividly. Like, I remember this. And in interestingly enough, in the TV series of the Say Cheese and Die, it starred a young Ryan Gosling. I think that's his name. Really? Yeah, he was in it. He has that weird kind of like long face. He's got he's got a really weird like long horsey face. <laughs> it's just like yeah, this is definitely Ryan Gosling. And obviously in Say Cheese and Die, Ryan Gosling because I don't know I can't remember what his name was in the uh, I think it might have been Doug or Greg, one of those two. So they find this camera, and this camera kind of predicts the future, but it kind of predicts how people will end up in tragic accidents or be disappeared so you just take a picture and then within the camera there's this sort of weird person and he's like i predict the future and this is my camera and i can't let you guys leave alive and all this stuff so that was a say cheese and die and i think there was a say cheese and die again really yeah so say cheese and die and then say cheese and die again so while she's been having a look at that i've been um and uh, by the way, yeah, Say Cheese and Die was uh, book number four in the uh, the series. I've been looking at the book list uh, and I recognize an awful lot more than I thought I did. Well, break it down, brother. Break it down. So, I've just had a look at, uh, there's one called Calling All Creeps, but that wasn't the first one I recognized. Um, I'll say the ones I recognize the ones I probably read, but I wouldn't be able to tell you the storylines. That's my um, thing. So I... Welcome to the House of Dead. No, I didn't read that. Uh, Monster Blood. So that's, you were right. That's number three in the list. Say Cheese and Die, I read. The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb, I read. Yes, The Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. I know that one. Uh, the Haunted Mask. Definitely read that one. Mm-hmm, me too. Uh, uh, Piano Lessons Can Be Murder. I read that. Uh, it came from Beneath the Sink. Came from Beneath the Sink. That was number 30. That was, was that the one, one that I read. So this was a, a sponge. A sponge that, a character called Cat Finds under the sink of a new house. Oh. But that's actually a monster. I watched that one. And it causes and feeds on bad luck. And when they give away the sponge, they find out that the sponge is called Gruel and that anyone who has it and gets rid of it will die. Ooh. I didn't get to the... um, That's fine. But I did bang my mic instead. (laughs) (laughs) Making my life difficult in post. 
Ooh, Don't Go to Sleep. That was another one that I... Uh... Oh, by the way, yeah, It Came From Beneath the Sink is book number 30. So this is, for the benefit of listeners who want to go back and read these stories, yeah, It Came From Beneath the Sink was book number 30. Don't Go to Sleep was uh, another one. This was book number 54 of the series. So this was Matt Amsterdam. He goes to sleep in an attic, even though he can't, even though his parents told him that he wasn't allowed to have the attic. And he finds himself in a change of a chain of alternate worlds and on the run from police force bent on nabbing anyone who messes with reality. So this was actually not too dissimilar from an episode of Erie, Indiana. So do you remember when uh, they, when uh, um, well, the Marshall twins. gets stuck in the time loop? When he doesn't oh. take his clock back and they're in and yeah, people yeah. are trying to get him because he's messing with the uh time space continuum. And that Don't Go to Sleep was book number fifty-four. And yeah, the last one that I remember was Phantom of the Auditorium. Oh, I remember that. That was book number twenty-four. So this was when uh Zeke gets to play as the Phantom in the school's play called The Phantom. Strange things starts happening and piece of scenery comes crashing down with a message saying last warning stay away esmeralda or else i remember that yeah there we go so uh from what you remember okay so we'll we'll do this now so from what we just talked about and what we remember what are your top three goosebumps either books or TV series, or or a bit of both. What would you say overall is your top three? Um, <clears throat> so the cuckoo clock one has to be up there. Um, the what's it called? Cuckoo clock of doom. Cuckoo clock of doom. Uh, That's book number twenty-eight, by the way. I would say the the haunted mask. Was there a mummy one with a mummy in it? Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. Curse of the Mummy's Tomb. That I think re- you mentioned that now. Oh, how I got my shrunken head. I that Oh <laughs> Yes. Damn, I remember that one. How many is that? Two or what three? Remember top three. So what's your best goosebumps? Your favorite goosebumps? I'm just having a quick look because I read, I, I watched the the one about the thing under the sink and it just wasn't scary. The Phantom of the Auditorium. Okay, so that's definitely one of them. Return of the Mummy. I'm just, go eat worms. I recognise the Phantom one. Haunted Mask. And what was the one I said just now? Um, How I Got My Shrunken Head. And that's your favourite goosebumps. Yeah book is it how i got my shrunken head uh, yeah okay so my top three is phantom of the auditorium in at number three number two you've got the say cheese and die and my favorite goosebumps book is the cuckoo clock of doom i think that's my favorite definitely because it's the one that takes me back being a kid it's the one that i i can probably imagine how the book smells like i don't know the the maybe books in general or maybe the goosebump books had like a particular smell it just yeah, is one of those where it takes me back as a kid and you know this this was in a, a subject area that i uh 
that I particularly like or mess with. But yeah, the Cuckoo Clock of Doom and, and the Goosebumps books, I would say these are fantastic and yeah, I these think, were books that I grew up on. I think the Goosebumps, the Goosebumps books were definitely my first set of books. Yeah, probably uh, that, that mine I, as well. That I wanted to own anyway because I had the... Everyone had the Biff Chip and Kipper books. Of course. The Magic Key ones. Of course. Um, so the yeah the Goosebumps books were my first ever series of books, and I don't, I never read that much as as a kid. I didn't really, I wasn't interested in reading that much. Um, I've but, read a bit as a kid, actually. To be fair, I read the Goosebumps books, um, and the Harry Potter books. I read them all. Mm-hmm. Um, just trying to think, did I, I? I read a book once called Ginny's Egg. That was a great book. It's about she had a little dragon egg and she looked after it and that rings a bell. Um, but anyway, so anyway, what I'm saying is it was great. Like, rem- quite a nostalgic feeling, remembering yeah. watching it was because I remember like, oh, did you watch Goosebumps? Did you watch Goosebumps? And it, like, do you remember when as a kid? See, we, BBC used to show Goosebumps. Yeah, exactly. When we we spoke about this before about it wasn't there were no second chances back in the day. Yeah, you missed it or you watched it. Yeah, and that was it. Yeah. You didn't want to be the kid in the <laughs> playground that missed it. That's so true, but that's yeah. Goosebumps is one of those. Yeah, you're you're in the library, and I'm getting all the books. And I just remember in our house, we used to have a ton of Goosebumps books. Just used to have a ton of them. Like we'd go to the library in the weekends, and we would just be like, "Oh my god!" And and obviously, we're old enough to remember when these books dropped. Yeah. So whenever one would drop, we'd be like, "Oh, Goosebumps! The new Goosebumps dropped!" And we're all going to the library trying to get it. And oh, did Say Cheese or Die drop? And oh, what about Say Cheese and Die again? And like the when it was sequels, like the Monsters Blood Two and stuff like that, we'd be like, "Ah, Monsters Blood Two And then you're like, "Ah, Monsters Blood 3 And it's it's just one of those where, yeah, it was probably the the first sort of series of books that I read was probably the Goosebumps books. That, that's, that can be defined as a, as a series, as a, as a, as a collection of, of yeah. works by one author it would probably, for me, would be, would be Goosebumps. Yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, that will bring us to the end of the, uh, the Halloween pod. I hope you, uh, enjoyed listening to that. And, uh, yeah, let us know what you think. And uh, as I always say, Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcasts from. So wherever podcast platform you use, please use it to listen to Yesterday's Capers. And you can find us on Instagram at Yesterday's Capers 1. You find us on Twitter at Yesterday Capers. You can find me on Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. And you can find me on uh, twitter at abdullah molim or one word yeah like follow let me know what you think holler at me and and send me messages and uh yeah join us next week for another episode of yesterday's capers <laughs>